New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. All right, guys, sorry for the technical difficulties. We're back. Welcome to the Nick of Time show where we give it that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. Jails is still on vacation, but that doesn't mean that the show stops. The show keeps on going. So as you know, I'm Ryan G in the building. I'll be hosting tonight. And I'm here with Raw Hebrew Remnant. And I'm here with Lee Escobedo of Posting and Toasting. And uh, for that spin and the Knicks, Wallop the Bulls Summer League team, 101 to 69. And I'm going to go through the stats right quick with you. So the Knicks were led by Quentin Grimes with 24 points. Um, McBride had 14 points. Oh, wait. Uh, why does it want to mess up on me right now, my computer? Does anyone else have the stats in front of them right now? Because not yeah. my computer wants yeah, to like, I had freeze on me. I had Jericho Sims had 11 and 10. Miles McBride had 14 points with six assists and three steals. Taquan Jeffries off the bench, 13 points. Six rebounds, did have six fouls. And Gene Montero had nine points off the bench as well. Fran Hunt, only five points this game, but he still played hard on D. Thank you, Lee, for the help right there. So I'm going to get right into it. Quentin Grimes was clearly the guy that stood out today. So, um, Raw, let me know what your thoughts are about about, um, Quentin Grimes' performance tonight. Yeah, he looked very polished to me. Um, The the one-year experience showed. Um, he, he was playing like an NBA player and he looked like an NBA player compared to the rest of the, the guys. And what was flashing through my mind are all of the issues that people were having. If the Knicks decided to move on from Evan Fournier, I think Quentin Grimes is showing us we would not miss Evan Fournier if he was given that spot. So I was very, very happy with what I saw from him. Yeah, man, usually when I hear a Nick player tell me that they're going to dominate, like back when Mary Stoudemire was on a team and he was saying every season was going to be phenomenal and he would come out and be busted ass and have be injury prone and putting up 11 points a game, I, I get a little worried. But Quentin Grimes, man, he said he was going to dominate, and damn it, he did. I was really impressed with the fact that, he, you know, last game he had 14 threes. This game he only had nine threes, so he cut down on his three-point volume shooting and really shooting across the board. The numbers and percentages are fantastic. 44% from three, 4-9, 50% from the field, 7-14. to 14. I, I know there's other five shots he got in, in kind of the, the groove of the game in transition after the Knicks took a big lead. The, the team was running and gunning. It wasn't just Miles and Bride that was pushing the pace. It was the entire team on a lot of give-and-go passes that would led to a lot of easy transition buckets, which is why the, the, the stat line is pretty filled across the board. Every single player played, and almost everybody scored. So that was nice mm-hmm. to see the Knicks get into the type of groove where everyone could contribute, and Grimes was a huge part of that offensively. Rod, do you feel like there was anyone else besides Grimes that you thought really p- picked it up from last game, from the first preseason game? Well, um, McBride, I, I, you know, I thought he was much more efficient, under control uh, today. Uh, he really looked relaxed to me, and and he was just really looking like he was having fun out there. And yeah. and and he really um, six assists, three steals. The defense, of course, was phenomenal as usual. So I, I just thought, 
I thought that him and Quentin Grimes particularly, they looked very relaxed. They looked like NBA players against guys that's trying to make the NBA. So I, I, I like that. I thought Farron Hunt was really, I mean, picked it up from last game, really pressing. He looks like a guy trying to make an NBA roster. Yeah. And uh, I loved his effort. Um, I didn't like that he got, he let, uh, you know, the Dale and Terry foul get him upset like that. He's got to be more professional than that. But um, I did like his effort. I loved his defense also. Uh, the Knicks as a whole were just playing really, really good defense. Today. And that, that's a really good sign. Great point about McBride. Uh, I think last year we saw those like super inflated stats when he would go to the G lead and play drop 40 and knock down 15 assists and almost, sometimes almost get a triple-double and have three or four steals. Then you would come into an NBA game and shoot like one of five, you know, have a couple of turnovers and not really push the pace when Thibs damage chance to run the team. This time in this summer league, playing with other guys that are playing actual regular season minutes by Grimes and Sims, he's looked pretty polished. He looks a lot more comfortable and confident on the floor. I've been very impressed with his ability to, to keep the pace going. I mean, at all times, the offense is up-tempo, and he's he's a dog on defense. You're right. It don't matter who he gets switched on. And, and, and on defense, he's attacking them. He's in their face. He's in their shorts, man. He's trying to get some loose balls and knock out for steals in the passing lanes. And he's doing a really good job of playing defense and communicating with the team, both on offense and, and defense. You can't ask for much more for your third-string point guard. That's right. It looks like we lost uh, Ryan here for a minute, so we'll keep it down the list. All right, yeah. <laughs> Sims, man, another double-double for Sims. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. made the argument last uh, show that we had, I think Sims might be the best rebounder on the team. Him and Julius, he just has a knack for the boards. He had three offensive boards last game. This game he had four. He just has a knack for it. He didn't jump off one leg or two. He's more comfortable uh, coming off a of two feet, but man, his athleticism, his arm, his wingspan, his reach, dude just gobbles him up um, offensively and defensively. He really has a good knack and timing on misses instead of like those long misses end up being transition points for the team. He grabs them and puts it right back up. Yeah, you know the thing is coming out of Texas, that's what his strength was. He was a, a, a really good rebounder at Texas as well in his four years there. What I liked about him today, did you notice that he kept trying to get out on his own dribble? Among, yes, among and I so did. I, you know, and so he's really using the summer league to try to expand his game. You know, so if he can continue to do that, you know, he's the third string five, but he's going to get minutes because. He, you know, Mitch might get hurt. You might, you know, you don't know what we're going to get there. So you're going to, it's an 82 game season. So he's going to get some minutes. And uh, I like the fact that I knew he could rebound the basketball, but I wanted to see him expand his game. And he's been doing that. And I'm very encouraged by him using the summer league. To, he has six turnovers, I think. I think he has six turnovers. But he was just trying to expand his game and use his own dribble a lot more. And I, I was just glad. He had five turnovers. I was glad to see that. Now, I was rough on Joe. I've been rough on Julius Randle in every opportunity I did the last year, but I've got to hand it to him. He's shown some leadership this summer. He's been working out in Dallas, specifically with Ferran Hunt and Jericho Sims. They were in the gym lifting weights and going through conditioning drills early in June. And, he, and these guys, all three came in, into the summer lead in very good shape. We've seen the photos of Julius. He lets cut, he lets trim. And Jericho Sims and Ferran Hunt, that motor is going all four quarters. Yeah. Yeah. Very little rest. They're in peak physical condition, and they're able to run up and down the floor and add a little bit of different dimensions to their game uh, that we didn't see from Sims last year. And that's a lot of Randall. I've seen the videos, Sims and, and uh, Ferran Hunt working out at SMU, where Ferran Hunt played college ball. And it's nice to see that continuity existing off the court. And it seems to be Randall is, you know, at least given that 
some of his uh, of his attention uh, this offseason, which was totally lacking during the regular season last year. Yeah, I just uh, with with regard to Randall, I think he understands that he is kind of on a shorter lease with the fan base. Um, you know, um, I, I, and I, I want to see. To me, the key with Randall is never his physical condition. He's always in shape. The problem with him is between his ears. And so <laughs> we, are we going to see Randall arguing with refs, you know, when his things are not going his way? Or are we going to see him be mature and play as a leader should play? And if he does that, the Knicks are really going to be okay because I really um, am encouraged by what I'm seeing on the defensive end just as a unit. And, and with yeah. kids there, I, I, I know that – um, um, what is Dice? Dice. Uh, Dice is pushing. Dice, Dice is, yeah, he is pushing Tibbs. You know, he's Tibbs' right hand out there, and he's pushing a Tibbs agenda. And I, and you can see it in how they're playing as a team. So, to me, if we can get back to top ten defense, uh, we'll figure the other parts out. I, I'm not worried about. It. I agree. Welcome back, Ryan. We were just going through the <laughs> roster on guys that we were pointing out that we thought played really well this game. We hit on Randall. Uh, we hit on Hunt. We hit on Grimes and McBride. Just to fill you in. All right, thank you about that computer. I don't know; it chose the wrong time to want to act the fool. So. <laughs> no worries. Yes, yes. So um, I'm just gonna like chime in, I guess. Um, Grimes, you know, Grimes definitely showed me a lot tonight. Um, you know, because the thing with Grimes is, you know, people see him as just a three and D wing, but I think today he showed more. Oh, he got he got extra dimensions to his game, you know. Like I think there was one play where he actually like sized his defender up and crossed him over and went to the basket. There was another play where, you know, he's playmaking behind the back pass to Sims after they broke down the Bulls defense. And also another play which impressed me as well. He was able to notice that the Bulls weren't set up on the other end. He and he threw a quick pass up to Jeffries, and Jeffries was able to finish at the rim as well. So. You know, Grimes is definitely showing different dimensions to his game, and I think that's going to go. That's going to bode really well for him going into the regular season with the Knicks. As for McBride, again, great defense as always. Active hands, getting into passing lanes, getting steals, great on-ball defense. I saw the Bulls gave him a little bit of trouble. You know, with the pick and roll, they were trapping him off the pick and roll, which caused him to pick up his dribble. But even then. Even though he picked up his dribble, he was still able to find open teammates to get the ball moving. So, you know, I thought, you know, that was pretty good for McBride as well. You know, but those traps are going to give him an issue, which I think he's definitely going to have to work on how to handle traps off the pick and roll. And, you know, once the season starts and Sims, what can you say? I'm just going to call that man the walls of Jericho because that <laughs> man is – because he that's a grown man right out there, you know, with the athleticism, the rebounding. And he's even shown that he's – added some things to his game as well. Uh, there were like a good four or five times in this game where he was bringing the ball up the court. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. like, like this guy's actually trying to like lead a break and stuff like that. Like that, which is crazy to me. And then on top of that, like there was this play where I think McBride passes him in the paint and he, and he took his man down in the paint, did a little spin move, one handed floater which is which I thought was impressive. Then there was another play where he crossed his man up, did a spin move in the lane and finished finish it up with a layup too. So Sims is definitely added to his game. And right now I think the Knicks have a very, very good three-man mm-hmm. three-man center rotation right now with Sims, Hardenstein, and Mitchell and Mitchell Robinson coming into the season. 
And overall, great performance by the Knicks. You know, people are talking about the Knicks appearing in the Summer League Finals, which is crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, you know, happy about that. So, um, I guess, you said, I guess since you've touched on different people and, you know, different players in the game, I guess I'm going to go into um, a hot topic on Knicks Twitter. So, I know if y'all were on Knicks Twitter this weekend, it was raging crazy. You know, it was actually trending on the sports. And you would think that, you know, the Knicks having great summer league performances that people would be happy. But I don't know what's going on in Knicks Nation. People are still miserable despite seeing the Knicks actually, you know, Knicks young guys out there actually going out there and playing hard and winning games. So the hot topic has been this upcoming season Quentin Grimes versus Cam Reddish. And a lot of people on Twitter were either going at Cam Reddish or Quentin Grimes trying to put down one to prove their point about the other guy. But at the end of the day, they're both our guys. And I believe that we should not be putting down one just to prove the point that the other guy deserves to be in a starting lineup. A lot of these guys, you know, on Twitter, you know, they're trolls and they haven't developed proper social skills. So I can understand why <laughs> they're so angry like that. <laughs> but I'm going to start with you guys. Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, who would be your choice to be in the starting lineup? I'll start with Lee this time. My preference is Cam Reddish because I think he's insanely talented. He's got a ceiling to me as high as a, like a little bit under uh, OB and a little bit more under RJ. I think he's probably at the third highest ceiling on the team. It's about him putting it together. I, don't, I haven't seen it and since he's gotten to the lead, him put together the total package of his game. You know, he's he misses assignments on defense, not so much because he doesn't have the IQ, but more because the motor's not there defensively. And he, he uses his energy – for the offensive end, he's not so interested in playing defense, and that's not that's not not when you point and dip system. So keep you on the bench. If you could put his whole game together, to me, Cam Reddish adds an element that puts us into the play-in tournament, maybe even the six or seven seed uh, in the East. I don't see that happening. So grinds makes more sense as a complementary piece. I think he fits better. Brunson being undersized and small provides some strength and size at the two guard. That's the RJ. It's a lot of defense on the perimeter wing, and you get the shooting too. So. As long as Fournier is not starting, I'm happy. Those are two great options to have us to, to be having this conversation about. My preference would be Cam Reddish, but I think Grimes is a better fit. All right. All right. What about you, Raw? You know, I, I, I hate to sound like, like a parakeet, but I agree completely with what Lee just said. See, the thing is, is that talent-wise, just straight on talent, to me, I think Cam Reddish has more talent than anybody in the, in the, in the on the Knicks roster. He's just to me, I've been very high on his talent since he was coming at Duke as a freshman. Yeah. Um, and so I've always been high on his talent. But in terms of fit with the starting unit, with Tibbs' system, Grimes is a more seamless fit. Um, I am very excited about Jalen Brunson because of his leadership ability. But we need a real defender next to him. And I'm very uh, high on Grimes. Grimes will not demand the basketball, but he'll be very efficient yep. uh, as a as a three and D guy. And again, that's not taken away from Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is more talented than Grimes. But the way I would like to see Tibbs use Cam 
is in a variety of ways. I'd like to see Tibbs use Cam at all three of the two, the three or the four, depending on the situation. I'd like to see Cam moved all over the floor like a pawn, like a chess piece, and then just see, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. And that's what I got from his attitude at the summer league. He looked to me like a guy that's all business. Like, this is my year to make sure I'm making some money. So it's, see, even if he flounders with the Knicks this year, I really believe his talent is such, somebody's going to give him a chance. But we're talking about the difference between him making three to five million and 15 to 20 million. Yep. And so uh, he's got to come through this year. It's going to be big for him. So I think Cam is more talented, but in terms of fit right now, I'd rather have Grimes out there starting with JB. If there was one person I wanted to see a summer lead rooting on the team, it was Cam Reddish. And I was super happy to see him out of everybody hanging out with the guys, hanging out with Dibs and, and yep. Scott Perry and Leon and actually watching and rooting on is his future teammates. Yep. Yeah, matter of fact, I think the fact that Cam Reddish was sitting, I think it was next to Leon Rose, I believe. Was it next to next to Leon yeah, Rose? Yeah, he was. He was sitting next to Leon yeah. Rose, man. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a very positive sign for Cam yeah. Reddish going into this yeah. next season. You know, I'm I'm assuming that you know with them moving the bets out, it's definitely going to force Tibbs to play the young guys more. And Cam Reddish is going to be one of those guys that I believe will be getting more minutes this season to, for the Knicks to see what they have in Cam Reddish. As for me, now between the whole Grimes and Reddish debate, I'll say this: like Ross said. If you're going, if you're going by talent, like pure talent, Cam Reddish is clearly the more talented player, and he's the player that has the more upside into what that player can become once they hit their prime. But if I'm going by fit, and I'm and the way I look at it, I look at it like this: What is the Knicks' projected starting lineup going into next season? Possibly Mitch at the five. If Randall is to here, which it looks like he will be, he's going to be at the four. RJ is definitely starting. Brunson is definitely starting. Out of all of those guys, who are the guys that can really shoot the rock on a consistent basis and, you know, they're going to knock in threes? Probably only Brunson out of all of them. RJ's shot is still a bit inconsistent, and Randall's shot is still a bit inconsistent. So to fill that fifth spot, I'm looking for somebody who's probably a more consistent shooter just to add that little bit of spacing that the Knicks need. And right now, Grimes is the better shooter. He's the more consistent shooter. And I would, and that's somebody where you just cannot leave him open at the three-point line. So me, I'm more leaning towards Grimes. And, and to be honest about it, when I look at the Knicks' second unit, the more and more I feel like Cam Reddish would flourish with that second unit because you have Rose coming off the bench. You have Quickly coming off the bench. OB and those guys, got, that's guys that will that run the floor, run up and down, and just cause havoc. And I think Cam Reddish would strive in that kind of offense. So me personally, I would probably push Grimes into the starting lineup and have Cam run with that second unit and just raise hell with the guys that they have. Yeah. Because I, because coming into this season, I can see the Knicks second unit be, being one of the best second units in the league with yeah. the players they got coming off the bench. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that second unit is going to be, I mean, I've been calling them mob deep for two years and they're going to really show that when you have an OB topping with IQ and Cam and Hartenstein. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way that looks, man. And they're going to really be good. So, so, uh, and for that reason, and I think as the year goes on, I really believe the cream will rise to the top. You take you take Tibbs's, you know, toys of Burks away and Taj away, and now you are forcing him to look at some of these other players. You're going to see some. I, I believe if Cam stays healthy, 
his talent is going to be shown even in the second unit, and he'll end up closing a lot of fourth quarters. I believe he will do that. When you look at the intangibles that, that Fournier does bring in the starting lineup, the one thing that I thought Thibs is going to look to to make an argument for keeping him there is his playmaking. And what I've seen from Grimes so far, when the ball is in his hands, playmaking has improved. And that's, that makes an even stronger case for Grimes to substitute in for Fournier and be that starter. It's that he's showing he can actually facilitate. Is that second or third, you know, the ball hits him in second and third man in the rotation when the play is being ran. He didn't actually make some, something happen. Kicking out to the shooters in the corners. He found Sims on some nice lobs that behind the back was like, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah, where has yeah. that been? Yeah. So yeah. You, know, you you add that dynamic to, to his game, it makes a very strong case for him to be the starter. You know, the thing, Lee, about, about that, and I, I don't want to interrupt you either, Ryan, but I, the, thing, the, Lee, the thing about that is I think that's what Grimes is trying to show in the summer league. I think he's making his case that he can be a playmaking 3 and D, and he's making his case to start. I think that's what he's doing. Agreed. Yeah, most definitely. And the people in the chat that are, that are saying that we're forgetting about Fournier. I mean, yeah, we are forgetting about Fournier. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he is with the team. And if he is still with the team going into the season, he is more likely getting playing time. But I'm just talking about my preference. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see Cam Reddish run with the guys I've mentioned. But if Fournier is still with the lineup as well, you know, Fournier still brings a lot to the table as well because he's a good three-point shooter and you're going to have to hide Fournier on D, but I think with the guys I've mentioned, Fournier, Fournier can be hidden on defense. And I feel like, you know, Fournier can't fit into that, you know, fit into that second unit as well. But it, it remains to be seen because the Knicks do, do look like they have a deep team going, going into this season. There's going to be one or two guys left out of the rotation that should be getting minutes. So it's going to depend a lot on who Thibs prefers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Thibs leans more towards the young guys for that second unit instead of going we're going with guys like Fournier. But it remains to be seen because Fournier is still the guy with a seventeen million dollar contract, and you really can't just sit Fournier and not play him. So, right, yeah, right. I don't, I don't hate Fournier too. I mean, you know, when we had that conversation on draft day, we all had had our opinions. I, I probably like Fournier the most because I really love what he brings in shooting. I, I think he has a high basketball IQ. He's just such a, a liability on defense. And when he's, when he, his shot is on, he can bring you into a game and win you a game on his own, as we saw in that game against Boston. Um, and a few other opportunities throughout the season, too. I just want him squarely on the bench. I don't want him to start anymore. I want, and, I, and I want him not playing at all some games when the young guys are hot. I don't want them to have that mentality where he has to get his minutes. I'm okay with him you know, always being in the rotation as part of a 12-man team, but don't always play in every single matchup. There's times where he needs to sit and Reddish and Grimes eats those minutes up. The thing is, is that people are, from what I'm hearing, I don't know, uh, between uh, arguing between Cam and Grimes, but I think the argument, if Grimes is going to start is between Cam and Evan Fournier. I don't know what's going to happen there, but you, you to me, you can only play one of them if you're playing Ob Toppin and, and Emmanuel quickly and Hartenstein. So you're going to see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah, right. most definitely. Oh, okay. So Raw just got cut off. Oh, I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess I got cut off in the beginning. Raw gets cut off now. Hopefully, Lee will be with us, well. be with us throughout the whole show. <laughs> Before I get kicked off, too, I'll say this. I'm, I wanted to keep Fournier most of all because I didn't want to give the Mavs nothing. I didn't want to give the Mavs anything for Brunson. I wanted to fleece him. 
and take their second best player and not give him back anything because I actually think Fournier would really help them as he's almost exactly what they need. Someone can facilitate, put the ball on the floor, get guys involved, knock down threes and store off a dribble. I mean, he's a pretty solid player. There's a reason why there was a market for him, why Boston wanted him so bad, gave up the first round pick. And why the Knicks wanted him too, and gave him 18 million a year. So I just don't want to do the Mavs anything. I would keep him in our back pocket and use him for a trade later on. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Okay, it seems like Raw is back in the building. So in the meantime, as we get Raw set back up on shout out the chat, 115 in chat watching right now. We are Let's go. you guys. Thank you very much. I'm going to shout out the chat. Ace of Spade, John Mark. We have Malak the Wyatt, Stanley Nowak. I, sorry if I butcher some of your names. It's kind of hard to pronounce it. You're not here to tell me how to pronounce it, so I apologize. Of course, Fritz Alcina in the chat as always. Chili Most 85, Robert Paris, Lost Judah, Chili Most, Ian Goodridge, JT Riddick, yeah. And everybody <laughs> else in the chat, thank you very much for um, tuning in. So I'm gonna get back and I'm gonna get back into the um, you know, the topics, and I'm gonna go to the next topic. Um, okay, so Julius Randle. We seen Julius Randle in summer league. The guy looked like he's in shape. He's definitely looked like he's dropped some weight. He seems to be in a better space. He was sitting next to Obi, so right there that tells me he's gonna be with the team next year if he's sitting right next to Obi, because that's the guy. <laughs> that's the guy that's that's gonna possibly replace him once he does get traded. So the fact he's sitting with Obi tells me he's gonna be with the team next season. So and you and on top of that, he also played like a little game of the NBA where they asked him about his teammates and he answered questions. It's so right now Julius Randle looks like it's gonna be a fresh, new, clean slate going into next season. So my question to you guys is, are you willing to give Julius Randle another chance to see how he can play with Brunson, the new addition, and RJ and the other guys? Or are you still on the get Julius out of here train? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Want to go first, Raw? No, you go ahead, Lee. You go ahead. I would say I'm cool with him being here with a caveat. Like, I do not think the Knicks – can ever really compete for a championship with Julius Randle as the first or second option on this team. If he was a third best option on this team, we could legitimately compete for a championship. Now that might mean other players like Obi Randle or Reddish reach your potential and supersede him in a lineup in a pecking order, or we go after Donovan Mitchell or someone else to bring it in. That's a lot of what ifs. And that's a lot of time wasted trying to figure that out with him as a focal point, not just the first option. He's a focal point of the offense and defense in Thibodeau's system who has a very unhealthy relationship with his playing time, minutes, and role. So if he wants to come here and be a great leader and improve his stock, I'm all for that. But just know that that's probably going to mean you're a better trade ship down the line. And he has to be okay with that and understand the business side of it and to come into work, clock in, do your job, play hard, don't talk shit to the fans, and just give us an A for effort every time you're on the floor and be a decent human being off of it too. You know, be nice to your teammates. Be, you know, train with your teammates if he's doing it right now in Dallas with Fran Hunt and Jericho Sims. When I see that, that lets me know he's in a good place mentally and emotionally. He's decentering himself from a narrative of the Knicks as not like the man, but being more as a, as a teammate. And we need to see more of that. But to me, long term, is he needs to always be in the back of uh, Leon Rhodes' mind a trade chip for a better asset to actually get a first option or let RJ be the first option. Okay, Raw. Yeah. 
I, I think uh, I'm expecting RJ to take the next step again. Like he's been taking steps each year, his rookie year, second year, third year. I'm expecting another step forward from RJ, which to me would make him the second option. So because uh, Brunson, you remember Rick Brunson is now on the bench and Jalen Brunson is your starting point guard. Julius Randle is not going to be the leader. It's going to be Jalen Brunson. And so and he's not going to put up with Julius Randle giving him any attitude. I, I can see Brunson has been a leader since he's been a freshman in high school. And so he's going to, that's him. So I think Randle will be the second or third option. And if he buys into that, the Knicks are going to win a lot of ball games because okay. I've always maintained that Randall's best position is a second or really a third option. If you make him a first option, it's like what we did de facto with Tim Hardaway Jr., it was supposed to be KP as the first option and Hardaway was supposed to be a second or third option. But when KP got hurt, Hardaway was placed out of position as a first option. And he played better in Dallas as a second or third option. And I see Julius in the same light. If Julius accepts the tertiary or the secondary role on the squad, then it's going to be very good. If he demands touches, we're going to have a problem. And, and, I, and I don't know what they're going to do about that, but I don't see Jalen Brunson allowing that. He's just not Jalen Brunson is not of the character to say, oh, I'm just going to take a second fiddle to, to, to Randall. He's not going to do that. So uh, it's going to be interesting dynamic. But I really believe just, you know, it's going to sound silly, but that one game that McBride had that was really good against Houston they deferred to him and gave him the basketball and let him run. And I said, if he did that with a rookie, he's going to do that with Jalen Brunson. So I don't think I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, OK, he's going to play ball, you know, mentally with the squad the way we got it now. I don't think he's going to be the distraction he was last year. Put a thumb up in that chat for, for Raw on that one. That was a great breakdown of, of Randall. Yeah, definitely deserves a thumbs up yeah, in the chat. Definitely. Um, me personally with Randall, I'm more on the side of Raw on this. Like, I'm willing to give the guy a fresh slate as long as he comes into the season, you know, with his mind in the right place. And with the mentality that I'm not going to be the number one option on this team, I'm just going to work within the team dynamic because Julius Randle, he's going to be playing with two other guys and that's not a lot of can also score the ball. He knows he's going to be playing with Brunson who can score the rock. He's going to be playing with RJ Barry, which like Ross said, he, you expect him to take a step up in year four. So he's going to be playing with two guys that can really score the ball. And if Julius Randle would just, you know, learn to defer sometimes and just be like, okay, you know, I'm going to defer to Brunson, I'm going to defer to RJ in different spots and just, you know, and, and I'll actually allow them to actually set up shots for him as opposed to him just trying to have the ball in his hand all the time and trying to create. And sometimes, you know, that can get Julius Randle into some, you know, problems, you know, turning over the ball and stuff like that. So I feel like as long as he comes to the season, fresh mind, mentality that I'm not going to always be the guy creating for others and having the ball in my hand. I'm going to defer sometimes because I have two guys on my roster with me. You can also create their own shots, not just for themselves, but also for me as well. I feel like if he takes that type of mindset and mentality coming into the season, I can really see the Knicks really like pushing off and pop and possibly going for 40 plus wins this season. I can, I can definitely see that. And like Lee said as well, if Julius Randle can actually buy in, 
and he plays well, his stock will rise. And with his stock rising, he could possibly use in a trade in a trade down the line where the Knicks actually trade for a superstar player because now Julius Randle would have shown that, you know, he's improved his game. And then on top of that, you know, he actually buys in and he's not the type of player where he's going to demand the ball all the time and try to make something happen when that's not really his skill set. So Julius Randle, I'm all for bringing you back as long as you come with the right mindset. Yeah, I, he's definitely, of all the players on the roster, he's the one who's not the just the most to the new guys that have been brought in um, and the guys who have been brought out. He's not the just as a scorer, deferring more to RJ, as letting the ball out of his hands, Brunson run the team, but also positionally. He needs to be able to play small ball five sometimes so him and Obi can share the floor. Obi cannot run the bench because Randall has to play the power forward position. you got to have some dexterity there between him and Obi to switch off between the four and five. Yeah, most definitely. I agree. And hopefully Fibs gets off the whole playing Randall 35 minutes because I think part of the issue with Randall is that he plays too much minutes. And I think a lot of times he gets burnt out towards the end of games, and that probably is the cause of a lot of his mistakes yep. in late-game situations. So I think if Fibs can kind of, like, just curb his minutes a bit, like, you know, have him play, like, maybe around 28, 27 yeah. minutes a game and, get, and give those minutes to Obi. I feel not only will you improve Randall's efficiency, but at the same time, you'll allow Obi the time that he needs to get into games and actually be more productive and actually make more of an impact on games as well. So hopefully Thibs can make that change. It remains to be seen because based on the evidence of the first couple of seasons, Thibs loves playing, loves playing Randall. That was 35, 36, 37 minutes every night. <laughs> Man, you ain't lying. You know, it's amazing that we're talking about the success of our season being based in the coach. <laughs> I mean, you would think, okay, but do we have the talent? Yes, we have the talent, but now we have to depend on, can our coach actually play 2022 style basketball? And if we can, we might be able to win. You know, that's, that's a sad commentary, but that's exactly what we're sitting here talking about. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. <laughs> So I want to shout out the chat again. So thank you, everybody, for watching 134 views. I think earlier I saw, like, we hit, like, 165. So thank you so much for um, watching the um, show today. I know it's not your usual lineup. We're missing Jay Ellison. It was kind of some technical difficulties. But thank you for um, tuning in with us. Um, Stanley, we're not taking calls today. I think the calls will come back once Jay Ellis comes back. So just... <laughs> So just hold on, hold off on that. The calls will be back. Um, so I think we can wrap it up there pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ace of Spades, um, what is the panel's view on Jeffries and Hunt and Summerlee? Do they look like they can compete for a roster spot? Um, yeah, we do we do believe Hunt can possibly sneak in a roster spot. Jeffries, I do like Jeffries, but you know, I don't know if he I don't know if he'll sneak in, you know, and probably steal a roster spot for somebody, but Hunt definitely looks like somebody that, you know, yeah. will possibly get a roster spot with the team. Um, I know Lee starts on this. He's going to be 25 in August. I mean, yeah. he's trying out for a spot in the league. That's yeah. what he's, he's not. It's not on the Knicks. It's, on, it's in the league. Um, Hunt might, you know, he, you know, that's what he's trying. He's trying to get on the roster, but I think Jeffries is trying out for any team that would sign him right now. He can shoot the three ball. 
I want Hunt on the Knicks, though, man. I would. I need that Hunt jersey ASAP. I would, <laughs> you, it's my favorite pony of all time. Love Fran Hunt. I want that Fran Hunt Knicks jersey for sure. Yeah. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. So I guess we're going to wrap it up right there. Um, thank you, everybody, for watching the show. I'm going now we're going to go through, you know, everybody's handles, you know, social media stuff and everything. So Raw Hebrew, let them know where they can find you. Very simple, man. Raw Hebrew Remnant on YouTube, Raw Hebrew Remnant Repping or Patreon, Raw Hebrew on Twitter. All right, there we go. Lee, where can they find you? Well, you always know that I'm posting articles two or three times a week on Deadspin, also contributing to Post and Toasting as part of the Knicks team there, doing a weekly coverage, doing game recaps, uh, summer league games, writing about you know player profiles and, and draft combines, stuff like that. Uh, also want to give a shout out to my dad for making me a Knicks fan. I know he's watching right now. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it, Pops. He, he made me a fan 23 years ago, right after the 99 finals. I started watching. So wow. it's been all misery <laughs> ever since. But <laughs> I love you, Pop. It's the best gift you ever gave me. Thanks, man. Shout out Lee's Pops. And now I'm going to go through my social media handles. You can find me at on Instagram at Sergi is chilling. Sergi is chilling. Yes, sir. That's S-I-R-G-S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. Content will be coming soon. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. And also, like, you know, like I've said in the past, you know, I got my financial agent license. If you need any help with your finance, you can hit me up through my social media, you know, through my DMs. And I'll definitely, you know, be definitely set up an appointment and get rocking with that as well. And that is our show. And before we go, I want to share something that my oldest brother told me about today. And I think I got to share with everybody because he, sometimes he'll make some wild takes and sometimes I'll be wondering where his head is at. But <laughs> <laughs> he told me today that Brunson is low key, a top five point guard in the NBA. Wow. Wait, this is the NBA with CP3. Yeah, <laughs> Steph Curry, John Morant, Steph Curry, yeah. John Morant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and you know, even in his craziness, you talk about Kyrie Irving. Uh, hey, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not going to diss on Jalen Brunson. I'm not. He's a, he's wearing the orange and blue, but uh, you know. Hey, listen, if if he's an All Star this year, that means we're winning a lot of ball games, right? Exactly. So, uh, Exactly. What I told him was that because he's not even a Knicks fan, like he just watches a lot of basketball and he's just a big Jalen Brunson fan. He loves the way he plays and everything. And I told him, I was like, look, if you're going to put it in the atmosphere that this man's a top five point guard in the league, I'm with it. Exactly. Because if this man becomes a top five point guard in the league, the deal the Knicks have on will be a complete steal. So exactly. So I'm like, yo, put that into the atmosphere. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk talk that into existence, right? Yeah. I don't argue with that. Exactly. So that is our show. And as always, I don't have the sound effects, but as you know, it's a mess out here. (laughs) We are out. Thank you for watching. Peace. Peace.